Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today, I have another inspirational guest for you. Today's guest is Moira Doherty. Moira has been a successful entrepreneur for 30 years and is an accredited coach. She is highly skilled at mentoring people in midlife to achieve higher levels of success and personal growth. Moira is passionate about creating safe and inspirational environments through a variety of programs so clients are able to develop a loyal midlife workforce, grow employee retention and build their organization resilience. Welcome to the podcast, Moira. It's absolutely fantastic to have you here. Thank you for coming along. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Really excited to be here. I love what you do. We've worked on a couple of things together before now. And so I'm very, very excited. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? My money story is, I think, like a lot of women of my age, I'm a woman in her 60s, and I didn't know there was such a thing as a money story till I was in my 50s. So I have been an entrepreneur since I was 30. Um, Don't quite know how I started to be an entrepreneur because there was no internet and all that sort of thing, but that's another story. But all of my life, um, I... So, you know, I, I did okay. I paid my bills, uh, you know, paid my taxes and all that sort of thing. But I always felt there was more ability in me and I never could get further than a, than a certain level of income. And it didn't matter what I did or, you know, why could other people do it? And I had, I really didn't understand that, that it was my money mindset. It was my money story. And then in my 50s, I decided that I wanted to, um, like, this was it. I, I didn't really have a pension. And uh, this was it. I, I started in another new business, uh, which was all to do with I moved to Spain. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. And this business was going to be the one that was really going to earn me money and actually it has. But I, it, the internet was there then and there was more self-help out there. Um, that I never had before, you know, analysing yourself, well, really, honestly, when I was younger, you didn't analyse yourself, you mm. just got on with it, you were just told to get on with it. And then I started to understand that that the reason why, because I would even earn more money, and then, which is a common story, I understand, and then my income would come go down again. 
And it was always, you know, even if I really went out, push, 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 push to a certain level, somewhere or another, it would always just go down to, to this level again. And then I realized that it was something to do with my money mindset. And I did do a lot of work and it, it really does. I know this is probably a story, but, and it is a story for a lot of women. It really does go back to my childhood, mm. um, to my brother, who actually is a millionaire, um, who is three years younger than me. No matter what he did, he was brilliant. He was great. He was fantastic. And I was a show off if I said anything. Little girls should be seen and not heard. Um, I was never, ever as good um, as my friends were. I was never going to achieve as much as all that sort of thing. And it, and it was just, it wasn't, please don't get me wrong, I didn't grow up in a with bad parents. I grew up in a very loving household. Um, I always felt secure and well-fed and warm and my parents didn't fight or drink or any of that stuff. But it was just the message that I picked up. I don't think my parents would, I think what they were trying to do was encourage me by saying, you know, you're never going to get anywhere unless, and, but it was the you're never going to get anywhere that was obviously going in. Um, and as I say, I don't think it's because my parents have been spiteful or anything like that. I, I think it was, it was, but it was just how it affected me. Yeah. Once I started to realize that, I realized that all of my life, my adult life, I'd been chasing money. And like, so I went to work, I, I did my thing in my book to, to, to chase the money, to get the money to pay the bills and all that sort of thing. And then I slowly started to change my perception of that through work, working on my mindset. To understanding that looking at money as differently, that I started to have goals. And once I understood that my goals were, we were living in Spain at the time, um, and uh, we started to have goals. One was to have a big camper van and uh, not, I don't know people find this strange, but we hated being in Spain in the summer. It was too hot. There's too many tourists. It was too everything. So I wanted to get my business in a position, which was a wedding planning business, so that we could have three months out in the summer. And and so I, the business had to grow in a certain way to enable that. And then that was like, oh. And I stopped thinking about money and I started to think about goals yeah. or things I was going for. Yeah. And that was the game changer. I mean, don't get me wrong, we understand we have to earn money. And that was the other thing of knowing that you also have to take the action to get the goals achieved. Um, and that was the other thing. You know, you also have to realize you still have to work yeah. and take the action. But that was a big, big game changer for me. Um, but it's it's realigning I'm, about how, it's realigning the, the purpose of, of what you're doing, realigning the focus of where your attention is and you you put your attention on what you wanted to do with the money money wasn't the, the end result yeah yeah i go back to what you said with regards to your childhood because you're, you're so right in terms of you know that is where you know our money mindset our relationship with money is formed you know as a result of our parents relationship with money and also what we hear them say and do around money. And it was interesting what you said that, you know, your parents never intentionally talked you down, but it was the way that you, it's what you heard. You heard part of the sentence rather than 
the whole sentence. And, yeah. you know, our, and that's what happens with, you know, with limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are how we interpret a situation, how we interpret what things are said to us as yeah. opposed to, you know, the facts of what that intention absolutely was. What, what was it for you that allowed you to realize that it was those limiting beliefs that held you back and that your brother had actually interpreted things differently and yeah. had seen a different set of results, basically? What was it, as far as you were concerned, was the trigger for having that realization? Um, I, 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 talking to people, starting to talk to people like yourself and realizing, Oh, this is something to go, you know, this is something about me. Um, there was there was a couple of things happened. One was I was um doing something in my business, upscaling my business and starting to think this is when I was still living in Spain, when I was going through this process. And I'd kind of understood about mindset and, and my subconscious mind and that actually even though I thought I was constantly thinking with my conscious mind, it was my subconscious mind that was doing all the really drive, driving the bus. So, um, and so that it was all like, oh, uh, well, and, and at first I thought that's nonsense, but started to realize it was. But the thing that really made me go, oh my God, that really is true, is I was going to do something and I was, we were, I was upscaling the wedding planning business and all that sort of thing. And I started to think about the income that that could bring in. And I was out walking my dog. And in a split second, Leslie, and it was a split second, I suddenly thought, that's not going to happen because you're going to get ill and die. And from nowhere that came from, no, nowhere at all. I, I'm not phobic about dying or anything. And I, and I was like, and it was such an overwhelming thought that I thought, oh, oh, my God, and what's Steve going to do? And what's going to happen to the dogs? And he can't run the business because it's a wedding plan. And all this stuff was going on in my head, right, in an instant like that. And um, then, luckily, my best friend phoned me. I was out walking the dogs. Um, my best friend phoned me and can't even remember what she said. So that sort of broke the spell. In the meantime, my dog ran off and disappeared. And anyway, to cut a long story short, by the time I'd finished talking to Ange, went and found uh, the dog and was sort of then back to, I sat and, and that had broken the spell. And suddenly I thought, oh, my God, that was my mindset. When I thought consciously about achieving that much money and really was like thinking, God, this is going to be great. I can see how that's going to work. And I was really like, this is really working. Are we gonna, this, we're going to get that. That's, that's incredible. I was going to die. Now, it, 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 and it was so strong, and I just thought, whoa, I really need to do some money mindset here. Yeah. I really need to understand that. And I'm not saying that that has stopped, but I, but I know it's there. Yeah, and I think that is the eureka moment, I think, for lots of us, isn't it, is when we realise how absolutely powerful our mindset, our subconscious is. It is much more stubborn than our conscious self is. And I think until we actually are honest with ourselves and realize there's almost a force at work 
that we don't have control over until we choose to take control. And it is an intentional thing that we have to do to grapple back. Because I know, you know, over not not so much my career, but when I was in corporate life, I don't think I had that same awareness. I just saw, you know, when I had what I now would call comparatonitis or self-doubt or imposter syndrome, I just saw that as a need to find out more, to go on a training course, to increase my level of knowledge, etc. So I wasn't aware quite of the of the, the negative impact my mindset could have. But once I went into business, particularly, I think the coaching business, actually, I think the coaching business has woken me up even more to the need to really, first of all, recognize when our mindset is being more than mischievous, you know, encouraging us to have that extra bottle of wine on a Friday night. That's one thing. But actually preventing us from doing those very, very things that are going to allow us to achieve our goals, that is when it starts to become really dangerous. And I think yeah. you have just you've just very, very clearly demonstrated that. Yeah, absolutely. And it was my very first, let's say I'd been looking at mindset and imposter syndrome, like kind of skirting and thinking, really? Hmm. And I probably had had other experiences of that, like, oh, my God, that isn't going to work. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Um, and it was almost like a prophecy, my own prophecy. It was so strong. Um, and it was only because I'd started to have an awareness that and then this, I was lucky enough that the spell was broken by circumstance. And then when and I really did, that was the first time that I first, first time I went, oh, my goodness, that was my mindset. Yeah. That was me imagining what's coming and knowing and living it and feeling it and then boof that coming in and now I'm aware that I have that I do say to my clients I, I'm not sure that that, that, that ever goes because some people say I've just got to do my mindset almost like they're looking for a cure I don't think I, I think it's like sort of having diabetes or something there's no cure you just learn to live with it you just learn to deal with it and manage it and every time you move to the next level you you have the same process to go through again Absolutely. You know, and, and you're so right there, you know, mindset, be it, you know, our, our self-belief, self-confidence, our relationship with money, whatever it is, is never one and done. You know, it is something that will keep coming up, new levels, new devils, new, you know, big numbers in your life, you know, whatever it might be, it will always come up. But I think it's a little bit like once you identify what types of food upset your stomach you can then choose to avoid those types of foods or you have those types of foods but you know that you then live with the consequences and I think it's exactly the same once we actually understand our mindset is going to play tricks and and I you know I very often the way that I describe it to clients is is envisaging 
a little army of soldiers climbing up your shoulder, getting closer to your ear, and then starting to give you those negative messages, basically. What you have to do is swat each shoulder, soldier off that shoulder to stop it from being able to deliver that message. And once you realize that your mindset is trying to dissuade you from a course of action you know you need to take, then once you know that, but you know what's going to happen and you can almost then, because you know what's going to happen, you can circumvent it, can't you? You can go, yeah, I know what you're doing, but you're not going to put me off. I am going to keep doing what I plan to do because I know the reason why I'm doing it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And it's and then it's learning other little tricks. Uh, tricks is the wrong word, um, but it's like then turning your listening to what you're saying to yourself. So every time, every time I plan a launch, every time I know that when I wake up in the morning, as soon as it's like, right, today we're starting to get the emails out and all that. I wake up in the morning and I have this narrative, you should be retiring. You should be, you know, people, you're, you're too old. What, what are you thinking about? You know, what, what, what's all this about? Why haven't you already made enough money? Why, why do you want to do this? Why haven't you, why haven't you already get, got what you want? And this little narrative starts. So now I, and then also I can have on a Saturday morning in particular, you didn't achieve much this week. You didn't get that done. You didn't get this done. You didn't get that done. Um, and so as soon as I, it's almost like, I've never suffered from headaches, but I imagine it's like if you suffer from headaches and you start to feel a headache coming on, you take an aspirin really quickly and the headache goes. So as soon as I kind of, it's for me, it it starts with an anxious feeling in my chest and it's feeling and thinking, thinking and feeling, feeling and thinking, all that sort of going on. And if I just go, but you, but you did so well. And you did this and you did do that. And wow, you did that and you did so well. And then I can feel this. No, but you should have done this. And I, but, but I didn't. That's fine because I can do that in the future. And this is what I did do. And that's how it helped. And it's just keep repeating those. What I did do well that makes this all sound. I mean, had somebody said this to me when I was in my thirties, which is obviously a long time ago, I just thought you were nuts. Yeah. And that's, but. Now I understand, actually, it, it, that, that is. So then I have on a Saturday morning in particular this little tug of war going on, and I'm like, but you did so well. And then, but you still didn't do that. No, I did really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I just, the really, really well thing has to stay longer. Uh, it's like having an argument with your husband. You know, we have an argument with your husband, and well, somebody's got to have the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit like that it's yeah. going on in my head and my conscious mind. I just have to make sure my conscious mind has the last word. And in the end, my subconscious mind just goes, oh, right then. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So is that the reason why you do what you do on a Friday evening? So what you shared on Facebook last week in terms of, I I won't spoil it, I'll let you describe it, in terms of a certain fizzy drink and and where you go is that part of you saying to your subconscious do one i'm celebrating you know what i've achieved this week and tell everybody what it is you do uh on a every single friday 
Um, myself, my husband, uh, we were very fortunate. We live very, very close to the sea, and but not close enough that I could walk to the beach in the morning. It's only a five-minute drive in the car, but if you're walking that, it's too far in the morning when you're walking the dogs in the morning. We walk them across fields. But on a Friday, every Friday, we finish work early. I don't know, sometimes three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, something like that, sometimes a bit earlier. And we go to the beach and uh, my on my beach is a really nice pub. Our local is on the beach and they serve excellent champagne. And I always and I am a champagne lover. Um, and everybody that knows me knows I'm a champagne lover. And we go down the beach and we walk the dogs along the beach and then we go to the pub and I drink champagne. And it I think I think it kind of is. I always say this is my reward. This is my reward for such a good week. And I also have um, cottoned on, and that is that is my attitude on a Friday. This is my reward. This is what I deserve. And I have also associated, actually, only very recently, Leslie, that then that real on a Saturday morning, you really have been useless all week and you didn't achieve what you should have done. And at, for a little while, I started to think, was it was it the champagne? This is honestly, was it the champagne? Is, is the champagne they have? Is there something in it that doesn't agree with me and makes me feel depressed on a Saturday morning? I swear to goodness, I started to analyse that. And then, again, it was like, oh, no. That's not what it is. Mm. It's because yesterday you went, I deserve this. And I feel elated on a Friday. And no, of course it's not. <laughs> There's something wrong with the champagne. No. But honestly, I I did do I did do that for yeah. for ages. Kept thinking it's it's I think I think why do I always feel so negative and depressed on a Saturday morning? And to you know, it must be something in that drink. It must be something in that drink because that's the only thing that's different. Of course, then at some suddenly you go, um, "You've been a bit stupid here." And <laughs> and I think I think I think that's it. First of all, I think I, you know I love the fact that you know you get to a Friday and you, and you celebrate because I think you know people that work with me, people that know me, know to me life is all about celebrating, and we celebrate the small things and we celebrate the big things. Because the small things lead to the bigger things. And mm. marking each of those moments is so, so important. But equally, having that awareness that that negative voice, our subconscious, unless we educate it, and by educating it, what we have to do is to be doing those very, very things it's telling us not to do. But if we go and do them anyway, it's a little bit like that sulky teenager. Oh, go on then. And it it comes along because it recognises the only way it can keep you safe is now by being part of the solution rather than being part of the, the pity party that is preventing you from doing those very things. So I think to be able to do as you've done to self-analyze and to realize that actually it is in our gift to be able to say shove off you're not helping I'm gonna be doing it anyway you know yes thank you for getting me to where I am now but actually I need to go further and you can either help 
or you can be a hindrance. And if you're going to be a hindrance, I don't want to know. And I think it's it's actually having that conversation with yourself where you recognize nobody can make you feel anything unless you allow them to make you feel it or for you to feel it, not make you feel it, for you to feel it. And our our internal conversation can make us actually feel fatter, frumpier, older, uglier than anybody can make us feel. But we have the ability, we have the, you know, we have the the gift to be able to say, no, I'm not taking that. I'm older. I've got experience. I'm uglier. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I'm old, you know, I'm, I'm whatever I might be, the best version that I can be right now. And if you don't like it, you know what you can do. And I think once you say that to yourself and keep saying it to yourself, your subconscious really does cotton on that it's not being helpful. But what you said in terms of, you know, going on that walk, hearing yourself saying, you're going to be dead. Oh, yeah, really loud. Yeah. It was loud. I can only say it was a loud thought. And that, and, you know, and, and, you know, and that is it. I think for some people, their, their subconscious, that internal voice can be quite a small voice, more like a little nagging doubt as opposed to anything more amplified. But for others, it can actually be that loud voice that is a constant. But once you realize you can turn that volume right down, in fact, you can press the mute button on it. And once you've done that the first time and it's worked, you just keep doing it till the point comes, it stops. It's, it, it, it stops until the next time, obviously. But you will be much more equipped the next time to say, I know what you're doing. Don't worry. You know, I know your game this time and I'm going to get there much more quickly. So how do you now, how is Moira in her 60s different to Moira at a different point in time, an earlier point in time? Um, Do you know, this is something I say to my clients. And again, older women, because there's this stereotype out there, isn't there? We should all be slim and have no lines and, and this and that and the other. And women in particular are targeted. Um, and I now really understand. In fact, I had a conversation about this with somebody last night. I really understand that, um, I, it's my experience and my knowledge that makes that that is the power and i the fact that i'm lined or whatever um is is nothing to do with it the lines show my knowledge and experience and all of these things that i've obtained you know through working with people like you leslie understanding what's what's really going on understanding but that is my real power and that only comes with with age so that's I've embraced my age. Um, I remember when I was, again, this was all part of me saying, this is my last chance. Um, when I was in my 50s, I remember when I was where I actually was. I was living in Spain at the time. I remember I was walking down the high street of, of the town where I lived and just was like, people don't notice me anymore. I've, you know, 
people don't look at me the way they used to. People don't notice me. And that, that, that first conscious thought that I felt that I was starting to become invisible and people weren't valuing me in the same way as when I was younger. And then now I'm in my 60s, that isn't true because you have the power to actually say, oh, my God, this woman's amazing. Um, and and for you to, sh- to shine out, and I know that all sounds very all coachy words, sorry. I don't like using coachy <laughs> words. Makes you shine. Um, but I can't think of another word to say it, so I embrace it. And when I hear the you should be retiring voice and what you're thinking and, you you know, you should be already I have goals and ambitions of where I want to be and where I want to take my business and all that sort of thing. And when I um, hear the voice that says, well, you should have done it already and you should have been there already and, and you know, you're never going to do it if you haven't done it now and all these things, you should be retiring. What are you thinking about? Why aren't you retired? Um, I turned that now to say because I wasn't ready before and I'm ready now. What I've now gained and the knowledge I have now is what makes this the perfect time to achieve what I want to achieve. And again, it's just that little spin of words, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, our purpose changes too. You know, as we go through life, our purpose absolutely changes. But what was interesting, as you were talking about, you know, getting older, walking down the street and um, not getting the same level of attention, do you think... For, you know, because I'm 54 now. So, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age. Do you think sometimes what happens though is that we almost take on that mantle of we're older? We're not as firm and as toned as we used to be. And therefore, we don't hold ourselves in the same way. We don't dress in the same way. But once you put on a bright coat, or a piece of clothing you feel fabulous in, or bright colour lipstick, get your nails done, etc. Once we actually again say, I'm stepping into that spotlight, I'm going to make people notice me. You know, you look at the Queen, you know, she was always dressed in bright colours. And she actually said the re- she chose purposefully to wear those bright colours, because if she didn't, she wouldn't stand out and people wouldn't see her in that sea of other people around her. So do you think to a certain extent, as we get older, we need to take more responsibility for being seen rather than assuming we will just be seen? It's our responsibility to ensure we are seen. I yes, I do, and and that's again. It all goes back to the same thing. It's having the confidence to do that, isn't it? And it's and it's about being with other women that help you to see that. Because again, I think that it's all very well for young women to say to you, "You should be doing this and you should be doing that," and you just think you've no idea where I am. Yeah. You know, you've no idea what my thought process is. Um, and but I also think when you're about other women that are your peers. And you're all going in that journey together. It gives you the confidence. But yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so many of my clients say to me, you know, that they just have no confidence. Yeah. And I don't know what happens to older women. And uh, and so many of my clients say, why do older women lose all their confidence? I don't know is the answer. But it's about us asking our, each individual person, I think, why am I not confident? And 
what what it is and then again same as money mindset stepping into it and saying okay let's unravel this and work with it yeah and and that's exactly it because you know a big part of you know our money mindset our relationship with money is our I, 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 is our identity and i think it is stepping into and owning our identity and not allowing how others perceive a certain person should be no matter what their age no matter what their size no matter what their their age we have to decide for ourselves this is how i want to be seen this is the identity i want to have and to step into that identity you know i know when i put on a high heel pair of boots and a bright colored coat of my you know, my hair my makeup is immaculate I feel absolutely fantastic. So I always make an effort. Even sitting here now, I have high heel boots on. Don't have slippers. I could do, but I don't. Because I always make sure that I feel, you know, my best, basically. And I think it is recognising what is the trigger for you that helps you to feel better? What is the trigger for you that makes you feel less than? Start avoiding that trigger that makes you feel less than not worthy and start moving towards those things that actually make you feel a whole lot better and i think once we once we recognize that nobody can take away from us what we are not prepared to give and i think losing our confidence again nobody can take your confidence yeah. away from you unless you choose to allow them to do that and i think the more we make that connection between our our sense of self-worth, our self-value, how that reflects on our relationship with money, but actually it all comes back to exactly as you said, confidence. And we need to step back into that identity of us being a 25-year-old, a 35-year-old, and remember, what was it that gave me that sense of confidence? Or if you never had it, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to create it? Because actually it's in my gift to give that to myself. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just about listening to yourself, isn't it? It's about learning to listen to yourself and, and understanding really what is going, what is going on. Um, and, and just dealing with it. Like I say, if you think about it, your subconscious mind is like having something like, diabetes type a diabetes that you can live a perfectly normal life but you have to you know work with the diabetes and I think it's exactly the same with your subconscious mind and once you kind of get that in your head not that you're going to ever be cured um but it's always in there and it's and it's there for a reason um, and you're able to manage it then you're really well, I said if you just apply it to the same as um as having diabetes or something as long as you manage it it really doesn't hold you back at all and it's just that isn't it it's having awareness again knowledge is power i agree no i absolutely agree so how can people connect with you moira um well i'm part of the midlife women in business group so if you go to uh, www.midlifewomeninbusiness.co.uk um you can fill in the contact us form I'm all over social media as Moira Doherty, the midlife business mentor. Uh, you can connect with me on any social media platforms. 
but the um but it's just easy to find me from our midlife women in business because midlife women mean business brilliant i love that and don't worry everybody the all the details to connect with moira will be in the show notes so i make it really really easy for people <laughs> thank you very much for your time today i've loved oh, our conversation you. and i shall be ensuring i have a glass of champagne on friday evening <laughs> thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the let's talk many and more podcast i really hope you enjoyed it if you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.